What's up everyone, this is Zach Gall from ICO Alert. This past week, I had the chance to catch up with Veyon. They are the most recent project to receive investment from Block One's massive $1 billion EOS VC fund. The intention of the EOS VC fund is to grow, develop, and support the EOS IO ecosystem through venture capital investments, partnerships, and mentorship activities targeting game-changing, blockchain-based products and entrepreneurs across the globe. The fund is supported and deployed through partnerships with established venture capital teams such as Galaxy Digital, led by Mike Novogratz, Tomorrow BC, which has ties to former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, SVK Crypto, what's up Shane, EOS Global, and in this particular case, FinLab AG. The projects being supported through ESVC have all been vetted and have passed due diligence requirements to ensure they are equipped with the skills and industry connections to lead the way in shaping the next generation of technology and the internet. I got the chance to sit down with the Veyon team to discuss who they are, what they're building, why they chose EOS, and how others can get in touch with EOS VC based on their own personal experiences. If you'd like to learn more or get in touch with Veyon, you can find their links in the description below. Please do not take any part of this episode as legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Neither myself nor ICO Alert hold any stake in Veyon or in Staffo. However, we do both own EOS tokens. And as a matter of disclosure, this is not a sponsored podcast. However, travel and accommodations were provided by the Veyon team as part of my participation in their Blocktoberfest conference. I hope you guys liked this episode, so let me know what you think in the comments below. And don't worry, I'll still be putting out an episode this Friday with Rob Finch, where we'll recap the latest news and announcements around EOS IO. If you like the show and want to help others find it, support it by liking or subscribing wherever you're watching or listening. Now let's get to it. Welcome to Everything EOS. I'm here today in Munich, Germany with Andreas and Pedro from Veyon. Uh, for those who missed the news last week, Veyon is the latest project to be funded by the EOS VC fund and the first project to be funded by FinLab. Uh, Andreas, why don't you tell me about your background and how you got into crypto? Yeah, I'm Andreas Mikulewski. I'm the CEO of Veyon. Um, I have a background in computer science, studied um, computer science here in Germany and um, worked in the software industry for around 10 years now. Um, I started in the blockchain space around three years ago, um, just got fasc fascinated by Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, later I dug more and more into all this stuff, got interested in other projects. Um, last year I worked with Iconic Labs. Um, I worked for them as a technical consultant, um, reviewed like several ICOs for them and just um, get to know much more about the space. Um, later I joined the IOTA Foundation um, and then I moved into the Veyon project just awesome. recently. How about you, Pedro? What's your background? How'd you get into crypto? What's your role with Veyon? Yeah, uh, so my name is Pedro Lopez. I'm the COO of Veyon. Uh, my background is in industrial engineering and then I moved into uh, management. So did uh, two masters and that's what led me to Germany. After my master, then I joined uh, for a short period with Deutsche Bank in their um, in the innovation team that they had. And in, at that point, that's when I got into crypto because they were analyzing how different technologies could be applied 
to their current uh, products. So for instance, AI, uh, big data, and among those also blockchain. And at that point, that's when uh, back in 2016, I got really fascinated of how can uh, many different areas in the bank would be uh, um, benefited from this technology. And then from there on, I took it as like a, a personal hobby and got more into it and went down the crypto, uh, crypto rabbit crypto hole. Crypto rabbit hole. I think everyone has that story about the crypto rabbit hole. So I got I get a chance to hang out with these guys over the weekend. The reason I'm here in Munich is because they invited me to a, a conference they held this past Friday. Uh, they called it Blocktoberfest. You guys want to kind of talk about like what about the event and what it was and who was there? Yeah, we, we invited like 30, 40 uh, handpicked um, people that were like from the industry, from different um, blockchain projects, from like influencers, you guys, Ivan on Tech was here. Um, yeah, and we just wanted to have it like a small networking event. We also had a like a public event like two months ago uh, where we had like more people obviously publicly, but so it's pretty much to introduce more people to your project. It's still really young. You're still growing your community. Exactly. Um, so I don't think anyone really heard of you guys until the press release came out about FinLab. Yeah. So hopefully uh, we, were, we were working a lot of, uh, a lot behind the scenes. So we are already in the talks with a lot of partners and trying to connect the dots. It's also important for, sorry, just to, to, to jump in there. It's also important for us to like bring value to the community. So for instance, in the area that we are located, which is Heidelberg, we're starting to create like this meetup. As Andrea said, we, we organized one like uh, two months ago and we really want to uh, do that because there's no uh, so much activity in the in the region in the region so that's why we also now that we did here in Munich we actually want to to kind of uh, bring to the this this value to the ecosystem that it's in, in Germany so I guess we forgot to I forgot to ask this why don't you explain what Veon protocol is and what problem is it trying to solve yeah so basically we want to put the user back into control of his personal data and um, how we do it is we are an independent open um, layer layer two solution on the eos network um, so what we want to do is basically a user can bring his digital identity which is stored decentrally um, partially on uh, the eos blockchain but um, mostly on a decentralized source solution like ipfs and he can just bring his data set to any application that he wants to so there are three main propositions that we have for the user. It's, um, first is data privacy. So only he is in charge and in control of his data. He can monetize his data on the open free marketplace, which is not existent so far. And um, the third one is that he has the, the possibility to decide which application he has to use without losing um, years of history that he's built up on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, social network or any application that he's using nowadays and it's also like if you put some data in in one application it changes automatically in the other application because it's it's like a single source of truth and you bring your data when, uh, wherever you want it's really cool I, I think it's cool that you're building a protocol on top of a protocol uh, we see that a lot on, on ethereum projects but I don't, i'm not uh, real sure if any any eos projects have like really uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's actually a really important thing to do because if you look at the internet, it's like um, it's consistent of seven layers um, that abstract different things until the end user gets his finished product, which is like um, just usable as we know nowadays, like mm -hmm. mom and dad can use it. And um, my perspective is that right now people are always 
asking for dApps, they are asking like, oh, why don't they have this dApps? Uh, like, why don't they have more users and et cetera, et cetera. But I think the technological framework is not just ready yet. And I think there, there should be several layers that are controlling this decentralized economy, the web 3.0 basically. And for that reason, we focus on especially this one thing that we want to do right. And we are like a thin layer, um, which like everyone should use. And we are not like enforcing um, some stuff centrally or something. It's just like, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, interconnecting. When can we expect the white paper? Because uh, I think the community, now that they know who you are and what you're trying to do on a broad level, uh, a lot of... Yeah, we, we actually released it like this week. Um, we obviously had like a lot of iterations on several materials, obviously, um, also before we uh, got the investment from ESVC, but um, we released uh, like um, a public version to the investors mm -hmm. uh, last week and we are like polishing it up for release. Um, it, will be, it will be available in the website uh, very, very soon. So that's why uh, now people will be able to actually see what we're, our value proposition is and what we are offering to the user. Because not uh, important to note is that we are also trying to bring value not only to the user, but also like there's problems uh, across the board where there's like, uh, if you're an application, like, or if you're a business who's trying to find data. So like we are trying to bring this transparency to the market where like companies can sell data if the user allows them to. And also that brings some value because then the user is in control and decides, but also companies can access to more data because now like the data is interconnected. So that's why we have different stakeholders there. Yeah. So, so just so you guys know, we all, we all, it's Oktoberfest here in Munich. Uh, I got the, a good chance to talk to these guys last night. Uh, had a really good time at Oktoberfest. And one of you guys said something uh, that was interesting about um, GDPR and in Europe how a lot of these companies aren't even monetizing user data like they do in the US. So yeah. as far as like, I thought that was interesting because it, it gives you a nice on-ramp to user adoption from the businesses yeah. because in the US, data is gold. So it's going to be really hard for them to take away the power of them controlling the data. Whereas to onboard a business yeah. in Europe, they're not I making mean, money on the data. It's quite similar probably in, in the US too for smaller companies because like the, the ones that are actually able to monetize the data are like the big giants, Facebook, Google, etc. But um, in fact, that's also what we say. We don't only have the three um, value propositions to the users, but we also have enough value propositions to the um, businesses. So we want to onboard the businesses. We don't want to disrupt them or uh, whatever. Like we, we actually have a tight eye on um, building sustainable business models or not building them, but um, uh, giving them a perspective of sustainable business models. So um, the thing is small companies, they don't have the user base at all, but like, so they, they struggle to innovate with their business ideas, but like the midsize and big companies, and that's probably what you were referring to. So we are in the talks with several big companies in, in Germany and they struggle to monetize the data because if you don't have the holistic profiles, you, you're not really able to monetize it because uh, data is only worth more if it's interconnected because so the larger the data set on a user the more valuable exactly think of it like this a bit is already data zero or one it's worth nothing but if you connect more bits and then it's like your name and then your name is probably still not worth anything mm -hmm. but if you connect your name to something else the more you connect the more it, it, 
the more value grows. Yeah, the more businesses get information and then they can build value propositions. But to your question, I think it's important to say, like as, as Andreas mentioned, we're talking with different with different potential partners. And like a common question that we receive is like, or like not only when we talk to them, but we, we present the product is like these guys hold the data and why would they uh, why would they go through this route like something like Veon? And as you said, like here in Europe, this is something that's sorry, like the direction is going to that 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 place because we have the GDPR and companies they now have to adapt to this to this new standard, and we're trying to give them the tools to get there. I feel like GDPR just overcomplicated something that could be completely like revolutionized with blockchain. Like it, blockchain could solve the problem that GDPR was trying to solve, but in a much better, more efficient way. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So how, how'd the project get started and where, where'd the idea come from? Yeah, so basically we are also associated with Instafo. Um, so basically I started talking with Instafo about um, ICO that they wanted to perform. And um, what, what, what is Instafo? Like what do they do? Yeah, Instafo is a already successful business here in Germany. They are an HR company. They do like reverse recruitment. And um, basically, they connect people to employers. So that. So I read the the press release you guys put out on on Tuesday. It said they had like a, a lot of data sets, a lot of customers already, a lot of users, uh, a lot of business partners. What what are the numbers like on that? Yeah, um, they have like over a thousand business uh, business customers and um, several mil million uh, user profiles that they want to bring to the protocol. That so that's basically the first use case. So how all of this happened is um, I talked to Instafo a lot and they wanted to do an ICO with Instafo. But the thing is to be really decentralized, independent, or actually use the properties of blockchain, you, you have to open the system. You have to be independent so everyone can participate. There is no um, entity that is like has special rights or something. And that's what I explained them extensively until we... They, they basically said, okay, I mean, we want to do this. We want to be a first mover in the space. We want to bring our customers. We want to bring our users to such an economy, like the Web 3.0 economy. Mm -hmm. And um, how, how can we build this? How, what, what's, what's the real deal? What's uh, actually utilizing blockchain? So you're already working there, and it sounds like... I was not working there. Not I was yet. working with them. Oh, with them. Yeah, and then basically we, we said, okay, we have to um, build this independently. And, uh, so whose idea so, was it that blockchain could really help out their business model? Was it you coming to them about that or did they come to you about it? How that? So they come to me first because they wanted to have consultancy about their project. Mm. But basically I, I had the concept already and I just told them. The, like, the, the oh. transition was natural because uh, yeah. like to, to make it easier for, for uh, the audience is uh, in Stafford, what they're doing is they're basically trying to also remove the middleman. So they have a platform which mm. is connecting users with jobs. And then like they just post this and they, they can connect within the platform. So then what they, the, the initial idea is how do we improve this system that they already had? So then that's when they go out and say, okay, we maybe we should have a look into blockchain. And that's how actually the, the whole project started because they say, okay, this is like a technologi technological improvement that we can bring to our to our value proposition to our business, and then the transition went from there on how okay the process the, the project then can be extended for uh, a larger use case, 
and then we say, okay, we should not keep it into into the HR area. So it's it's more valuable if we extend it to actual personal data, which is encompassing so many more things like whatever you post or like whatever you see on on the web and so many things that is is with the personal what, data. What I what I found interesting is one of the biggest problems right now with uh, DApps in general, blockchain in general, is user adoption. So I, I yeah. thought it was very interesting because you already have, you're, you're in like a complete partnership within staff. Yeah. So that, yeah, can you explain that? Like, that's an interesting part because in, in fact, like when we developed the protocol or I, I had like several ideas about how you can manage that, probably I wouldn't have started by myself. But in staff was that, guys, we want to, to really make this happen and we want to bring the users there. And they had like, they have so many industry connections. That's why we, we're in talks uh, with so many businesses that are interested right now. So basically it was like a very good fit mm -hmm. because I brought like the, the vision and the blockchain technology, like all, all, all the knowledge I accumulated through the years and they want to make this happen. I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I think you explained it to me last night. So Veyon's just a protocol and it doesn't really need to, to make money. That's not the monetization strategy exactly. long term. Yeah. And then Staffo is going to be the first application to build on top exactly. of Veyon. And that's kind of uh, the business strategy is, and Staffo is going to build a business model, an enterprise level business model, yes. is that a correct statement? Yeah, sure. Uh, on top of the protocol. And then that'll kind of be a proof of concept. And then you, you're, you're in talks with uh, other companies, yes, obviously. Yes. The goal is to bring more people to actually start building, not only on our protocol, but also building on EOS. And, and then they, that's what we're doing. Like we're creating these standards so that more people can yeah. build stuff and it's easier to actually integrate or have data interoperability within these these different applications and for that that's we we believe there's there's a standard needed and we bring we want to bring more people to start building on on this uh, ecosystem think of it like that if you start just building a dap on on eos for example you do the decentralized facebook i mean probably the code is decentralized and everything but at some point if this platform is dying down or is not doing what you want to do you basically it's still kind of centralized so there are like a lot of aspects of being centralized it's not centralized in the code, but it's centralized in the sense that you cannot move away from it without like leaving everything behind. So um, this is the thing. If you if you go for a DAP already, in my opinion, it's probably too early because you cannot have this value propositions that we are giving. Um, and also what other projects are doing is like, oh, we will build a blockchain, basically a whole blockchain to do whatever ID verification or like there are competitors around there. But the thing is with that, that's a whole nother sphere because think of, think of it like how hard is it to create EOS? And this is a whole set of problems that is like yeah. merging into the, with your problems. But we say, no, we, we, EOS is already a fine system, not a fine, I think it's a great system. Why don't we get into and that? Why, to... why'd you guys choose EOS? Let's just get into that. I love EOS. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and you guys know that after hanging out I, with me. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I am also an EOS advocate because I think the system is like very well designed, especially in the um, on the scalability front. It's, it does, in my opinion, the the right uh, it, it did the right choices with uh, finding a compromise between scalability and having um, the block producers and everything. And um, I think it's right now the best scaling platform and the also most important 
point is that users don't have to pay for trans transactions that's just huge. by saying like that, that's it, in yeah. general any dApp building on because ESP. we say it has to be seamlessly integrated as i said like mom and dad should use this yeah. um this protocols and the, this black blockchain and this was also like an input that we had like from the very beginning for instance when we were collaborating so did you guys consider any other protocol or it was eos from the yeah, start yeah we we consider different things so that that's what's what i was going to say like with within staff at the beginning like they said like you know like we have a we have we have a business and like people like are just accessing the platform and so on and like when we consider this this part of the transactions fees that's something that we really hinder adoption so at the beginning we we're like okay we consider ethereum as, as a possibility and we also say okay ethereum versus kind of eos and and at the end we we believe ethereum has like very good use cases for different stuff but like for us, it's really critical that because we want to bring adoption of really big com uh, companies and, and business grade uh, solutions. And for us, it was important to have like a, a high speed of transactions and also a, a high volume. And also that anything that you build on there and uh, could be like, you know, everyone who's building is, is new stuff and, and there are going to be mistakes. And we want to be able to amend those mistakes uh, fast, obviously, but also that not like, oh, okay, now this is completely locked down and, and, and there's no way going back. So that was also very important for us because we are going to be a lot of trial and error in the beginning until we fine tune it. That's awesome. I mean, especially for Web 3.0 applications, I think there's no better platform than it is right now. Um, so you guys, you guys got to make it to Blockchain Live. I wish I was there. Uh, Rob, my usual co-host, was in London. He told me a little bit about it. What was your guys' experience at Blockchain London, like getting to interact with the US community and other, other projects? And yeah, absolutely. It was awesome to see um, like how many people are building on EOS and what's going on there, and especially like get the connections to Block One directly. So we are in contact with them now and are talking about like. How, how we can align like our strategy with what EOS wants and Block One envisions um, with with what they are doing. So. I find that important because I, I think um, I, I've seen it kind of, there's a lot of uh, different development teams working on the same stuff. And it, it's, it's fine if they're all kind of doing something similar, but what you don't really want to do is uh, be building something that maybe Block One's already building. So they're, mm. they're going to see what you guys are doing. They're going to know you guys are, are the real deal and that they could just basically say, okay, this is this this protocol has already been taken care of. Let's focus on this. Yeah, I mean, it was really good to, uh, like one of the best things of being there was uh, obviously meeting all of them, but also see the different parts of the ecosystem. So we, we spoke with some other guys, for instance, the guys from Everpedia, or we also uh, spoke with some of the blog producers and so on. So like we really felt now that we were kind of welcome to the EOS uh, community and ecosystem. And it was really good to, to see how like all these moving parts work together and then how can we also bring our value to them. Awesome. So you guys... Actually, actually, to add to that, there were several projects coming to us and sa saying like, oh, you, you already do this part, you already handle this part. That's probably fine for us. That's perfect how, how we can just collaborate and yeah. just... just get a user base from the get-go because you already have to... There's so many other teams building dApps right now. Like I, I yeah. can't even keep track of them. And yeah. they are all going to be able to incorporate your protocol while doing their own thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so the FinLab story. Uh, not a lot of companies have gotten the ESVC stamp of approval. Uh, as far as yeah. I know, Everpedia, they got a full... They, they're not doing an ICO because they got complete funding from Galaxy Digital, mm -hmm. what was it, like 30 million or so? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, High Fidelity, they got some funding from EOSVC, but they also had other investments uh, coming at them, so they're not doing a public sale. Um, you guys are the first ICO uh, or first project doing an ICO after the investment round. Mm. Um, so you want to explain um, like how, how you got in touch with FinLab, first of all, and then the, the press release uh, was a bit confusing to me. It, it said a seven-figure investment. Are you able to kind of tell us the exact number? I, I think <laughs> I'm always a, a little uncertain, but I think we are allowed to say it's uh, 1.5 million from, right. from FinLab. Uh, plus, we had like um, other seed capital already mm -hmm. from Business Angels and also in Staffo. So um, on that uh, on that end, uh, on the seed capital, we are well mm -hmm. funded to basically build up the project. But obviously, to make this play, it, much more money is needed. For that reason, it's like yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of confusion because you guys, your your community is still small. People were only introduced to you a week ago, and I'm kind of seeing the initial reaction in Telegram. Um, so one of the things was a lot of people asking about an airdrop, mm. and I, I think someone misspoke in your Telegram channel. Yeah, you know, we were planning a airdrop um, after ICO. Yeah, but it, it was not announced. I, I think so. um, the thing is like we we as as you mentioned, we're just so new and we're trying to like really. Uh, there's a lot of work under the hood, and now I mean we are planning to do an airdrop. Uh, the only thing is that we haven't really kind of defined the, all the details, and that's what like was communicated. Like uh, with just nothing was finalized. Exactly, and they're an outside agency, so yeah. they yeah. yeah. You know uh, the the thing is, you kind of have to decide what you're currently focusing on. And right now, like a lot of stuff is happening in the background, and it's not that we are just like, oh, I'm a developer, and I just came up with this idea, wrote a white paper, made a nice mm -hmm. homepage, and now it's everything is working. I never, honestly, I never ha would have thought um, how how much work it is to <laughs> actually connect all the dots from the legal side to to incorporate the company to to make everything happen with the partners. We're in so many talks right now, I'm like traveling for the last six weeks. That's also. <laughs> One of the points why the white paper was not released on the um, homepage yet because we want to do it right and um, it's like you, you have to prioritize what, what you're aiming for right now. So that's also the reason why we only came out now with a community work and um, one, one point that I would like to say because you and just uh, talk about very briefly because you mentioned like how was the connection with the, with the EOS VC fund and and I, I would just say for any of you guys there uh, looking to, to find funding and I think it's uh, it's available and, and what we did was very simple I mean we just contact them and we pitch our idea and then I mean obviously after that there was some due diligence and so on but I would say like the, the community is there and, and, and they are willing to support and not only not only Finlab of course but all all the other partners from EOSVC they're looking for good projects out there so I would say just reach out contact them and, and that's what we did I mean we didn't I have think, any special yeah. I, I think this, one of the selling points definitely for for Finlab was that we have a business backing us um, which already has customers which already know how to execute and um, they they know they know how they want to structure their business model on this decentralized platform. And having this is like quite important for us, but it's also complicating a lot of stuff. Like I said, it's like so much work in the background to actually make this happen. It's not just like a garage idea and like, mm -hmm. oh, hopefully I get funding. So I, I think I want to quash some of the stuff I, I saw in the Telegram. I was telling you guys about it last night. We're, we're at Oktoberfest and I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I, can't, I can't not read about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like in the Telegram, like, look what this guy's saying. Um, so 
the, the community kind of – Everipedia kind of set the bar really high because they were completely funded. Yeah. So they were able to give – they gave everything back to the community. Whereas yeah. you guys, they, they I think raised $30 million, uh, $40 million yeah. uh, from Galaxy. And you guys have, have some seed capital, and you, you're, I think your hard cap is thirty. Yeah. So you're trying to raise the same amount yeah, of capital exactly. to do the same exactly. type of stuff, and that that's the reason for the ICO. And then there was some confusion because of that airdrop mm. question being answered. That kind of got spread around. Um, so you're gonna, doing like a dual model, which I think Lumios is doing something mm. similar, uh, but they're not ESVC backed yet, at least. Uh, I don't know if that that's in the cards. Um, so let, let's talk about the ICO model then, because there haven't been any successful raises on, IC, on, on an ICO yet on EOS. Mm. But what we saw last year with Ethereum was the, the more the ICOs grew, and let, let's kind of agree that it got out of hand last mm. year. Uh, yeah. But even in the early stages, um, the, the value of the Ethereum token went up because you had all of these different projects receiving funding and that funding's meant to last five, 10, 10 years to, of develop, the development roadmap. So it's, so a lot of the uh, Ethereum was getting hodled. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was basically uh, control, controlling the float of the token, or Ethereum token. I, is, mm. Ethereum's not a token, is it? Mm, I wouldn't call it token. Well, cryptocurrency, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, but a lot of it was coming out of the float because the ICOs were holding it. Unfortunately, a lot of the ICOs that raised in January, February, March that were holding it, they, they kind of got hurt a little bit. But the, the good thing for you guys is EOS is cheap right now. So Absolutely. long term, it, it's got a lot of upward potential. But what I, what I see happening is, is as more of these projects, you, you guys have the seed funding, you guys have uh, some stuff already built out before the ICO, you're proving your concept. But what's your, so you're gonna, you're gonna raise this EOS and then uh, how, what are you going to do with the EOS after the sale? Because you have fiat capital yeah. to, to, keep, to give you a lot of runway. Um, so whenever you receive the EOS, the EOS is to, to fund you guys long term. Yeah. Yeah. But what is your strategy for, I guess, managing the funds? So I think there, there are a couple of things to, to your question. So the, the first thing is like uh, we, we're very excited of uh, once obviously we need to take out some of the money for risk management, but we're really excited of part, uh, being part of the community and actually like like using these EOS to, to, to vote and, and, and to promote like the, the good actors in the ecosystem and also like participate in the referendum. This is something that we also want to bring value to, to, the, to the ecosystem. And also um, what is important for us is also we want to champion this idea of the ICO because as you mentioned, uh, that brought value to the ETH ecosystem. And we believe that obviously it got a little bit out of hands, uh, but we believe that this is a, a way that uh, the use the community can also get value because projects can build on here, but also they can raise funds. And as you said, like we, we got an initial funding and then that, that was just like the seed capital that then we, that's why we're making the ICO to get all the, the rest as compared to, for instance, you said like Europedia, they got all their money, but now we, we are doing the ICO to, 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 to get all the other part. But we want to, to be those guys who are championing not only the ICO model, but also uh, championing that, uh, trying to be, bring more businesses to actual, like real businesses into, into EOS and, 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 and be there in the ecosystem. So that, that's kind of what has me excited about uh, an ICO model on EOS compared to Ethereum because last year and still currently, these projects, they still hold a lot of Ethereum, but it does nothing for the network. So 
one of the other things with EOS tokens are that they have actual utility, whereas holding an ETH token isn't giving any control of the network. Uh, hash power is the only thing that has control in a proof-of-work network. Hold, holding uh, the currency doesn't matter. But in EOS, it, it's with a DPoS system and, and all the voting and staking and you could delegate. Yep. You awesome. guys are going to have all of this EOS. So right now there is um, a major whale problem. Uh, a handful of wallets uh, control a lot, of, a lot of the voting. So if you look at the uh, voting numbers for block producers, for example, there's probably about 20 to 30 wallets that just have a lot of tokens. And if they choose to, to vote for one block producer over another, it, it can move them several spots in the rankings. It, it basically, uh, it, it's not good for a DPoS system to have uh, 30 wallets that, that control a lot of the network. Mm -hmm. um, this also brings uh, accountability. I think that's really valuable and also aligns incentives because now I think that's why we also think the ICO model makes sense for EOS because as you bring more projects that are real creators of something yeah. valuable, then they also will kind of keep an eye on who is the block producer because they hold the token yeah. and they will have, a, as we are planning to have an actual uh, active role in the ecosystem and say, okay, we want to promote and be, be part and, and partner with the the. the the best uh, and the most important ones which are doing something good for the ecosystem. So you guys are probably planning to have someone on your team that's like kind of working with everyone else in the ecosystem and watching the uh, if the worker proposal fund for example gets approved Absolutely. that's going to be really important votes yep. and Absolutely. I, I hope there's like more ICOs after this because this is something not a lot of people have probably thought about but you guys have a vested interest in the EOSIO network, the main net, because that's Absolutely. what you're building on. Yeah, sure. And then let's say 30 other projects have successful raises. That's, that's a lot of capital being held by, by a decentralized group of businesses and projects. And you guys have a vested interest in the network succeeding. So yeah. it's in your also best like, interest. Like the, the dApps that build on us, they also have to stake the EOS. So they are also participating and also diversifying the um, EOS stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So that's also an important point, yeah. So pretty much you guys are planning to, well, after your capital is raised, you're, you're going to de-risk some of it, but there's still going to be probably millions of tokens. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are going to work with the block producers to kind of feel them out, figure out who the best ones are. There's a lot of really good ones. I like Grey Mask, Canada, Cypherglass, obviously, um, New York. Um, so I, have you guys been in touch with any of them at all yet? Uh, so no, at, at this point, no, because uh, like we were focusing on getting the or like closing the EOS investment, but now we are like we are planning to. Uh, I'll have, have to get you in touch with some of them. Crypto lines is good. Yeah. I, I can. I can, yeah, sure. I can continue. Yeah, now, now that's, that's, that's <laughs> what we're uh, we're planning to do. Yes, now, that's why we did uh, also the event and like invited you yeah, guys. Yeah, out to them. Um, um, yeah, I absolutely. Think you guys should do like a, a block producer event sometime. Yeah, like just a, like a conference almost. Just yeah, invite the block producers because like. You can see what they're building. They're, they're all building some cool stuff and they're adding value to the ecosystem. But I, I think just like the experience of like meeting you guys and like kind of learning a lot about you like personally, it, it adds a lot of trust. And I think if you're, you're going to have a lot of uh, stake in, in the ecosystem, millions of tokens to, to you want to make sure you're voting for the right projects and Absolutely. like meeting them in yeah. person, probably at conferences, hackathons, things like mm. that. It'd be, a, I think, a great opportunity to to yeah, show what you can give to the We're back. very much looking forward to that. As I, as, as I briefly mentioned before, it's like a lot more stuff going on behind the scenes mm -hmm. than, than you could ever imagine. And for that reason, we have to 
kind of like do it step by step. And right now we, we came out with an announcement and now we really want to uh, ramp this up. But yeah, so far, as I said, it was like six weeks of travel. It's mm -hmm. So, so kind of walk, walk me through like what's, what's next. So um, the ESVC announcement was made. There's probably going to be some more press releases coming up just because I, I think not enough people know about you guys yet. Uh, I'm really impressed with you guys. I got to spend a lot of time with you guys. I thought the conference was great. I, was, I was appreciated the opportunity of you guys getting me to introduce myself to Ivan. <laughs> um, what, so what, what's, what's next for you guys? Yeah, um, next steps are like community building and uh, really engage and also really important for us is also listen to the community so we're not some corporation that just does decisions and everyone has to eat it mm. it's just like if, if people have suggestions or say like oh why didn't you do an Android we're completely open to any suggestion mm -hmm. um, we really want to make this right we really want to uh, empower the, the whole community we want to um, like bring value to the community and for this reason we are absolutely uh, grateful for any suggestions also on the concept on the white paper whatever I'm constantly looking for people who who can give me feedback on that mm -hmm. for example I give you plenty of feedback yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's awesome <laughs> I, I, I loved engaging with you it's, I think it's there's awesome. also a lot of things that uh, it's valuable for instance like we have several things on, on different fronts so something that we haven't mentioned is that we already have like a prototype in the mainnet EOS mainnet so that's also we're continuing to, to develop this further and also like there's several other things that like we are also focusing quite a lot on, on talking with these business partners because we, we believe that's, a, that's yeah. also something very important for us to, to actually bring more use cases to to the platform to Veon and that's also what we're focusing on and then as, as Andreas said like the community and actually spreading the word and 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 executing the ICO so uh, after after uh, Instafo uh, proves their proof the proof of concept on top of your protocol um, what other types of businesses are I know you can't name names but what type of industries and, and what what type of things are they doing and what value are you adding to, to their businesses and what what is their response has been uh, as you're talking to them because I know you've been on the road a lot yeah sure so the response always is like oh data privacy that's already a good topic I mean especially as we introduce in Europe that's a huge thing and also uh, amongst people, uh, the sentiment has really changed and people are starting to realize that something has to change. So companies are always interested in this aspect anyways and in, in the data privacy aspect. But um, also um, also in, in a sense for um, the data monetization, right now they cannot monetize anything and now they have the possibility without being liable because the user is always in control, he's always deciding what's happening. Um, they have the chance to, to give this control to the user and then they also get a transaction share whenever, um, whenever the data is sold. So probably you yeah, have so to Yeah, so who are the state? I don't think I asked this. I, I kind of know myself because I, I got an early edition of your white paper. But who are, who are the stakeholders in, in this model? So you, you have your businesses and then you have your users. How, mm -hmm. how, do, how do they all interact? How do, who, who's getting, like the monetization of data is going to the users. The mm -hmm. value proposition to the application on top is that they're giving that privacy to users. Yeah. Um, because the, the stakeholders in the system to, to make this clear. So what we are aiming to be is kind of like a DAO, 
like a decentralized autonomous organization, but we, we call it more of a like decentralized autonomous consortium. I, I, I saw that on the pr presentation. A, a, a DAC is usually like a decentralized autonomous company. So it's like you have to like almost like oh, spell, yeah, yeah, you have to like spell it out because if you just say DAC, people are going to think the wrong thing. But, okay, yeah. Uh, you said a consortium? Yeah, a consortium. Yeah. So think of it, um, Veon Protocol will define the future standards of data. And um, like this is making the data interoperable between the companies. So it's a natural, there's a natural interest in companies to participate in voting how this data standards evolve. So if a big company joins the protocol, they already made a big business decision to invest probably several millions into developing this new application or adapting their old application to the blockchain world. So in the same in, in the same step, it's that, like just natural to them to also buy the token to participate in how, how the data centers will evolve. So they are not excluded out because right now the problem is um, if you would do the same thing centrally, the companies would just not trust like some company that's holding all data and mm -hmm. people would also not trust some company that's holding all their data. Like Facebook and, and Google? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, kind of like, but it, it could if be If you think worse, about like, it, I mean, there's like the standards for data, as we said, like W3 and, uh, and, uh, and we believe that this will come to, to blockchain as well. Like we, there will be some standards for data and we're trying to actually be one of the guys who do that. But uh, as Andrea saying, was saying, like it's important that whoever is this uh, is making this needs to be independent. And also there needs to be some uh, way to, to actually put your vote into how the standards evolve. So that's why we're saying like one, one of the key utilities of our token is this governance. And, and where we're saying like, of course, if like a big business partner joins to, to our protocol, then they will have the incentive to actually have the token because they're making a business decision to, to Yeah, jump let's talk about that. I thought that was interesting as well, how you have your own governance. So EOS has a governance model that, that's still so kind of being ironed out and it's getting better over time. But then you guys have an additional governance model with your token on top of that you want yeah. to talk about like the staking of your token how what what utility and governance do, does your token have because uh, there was one feature that i saw in your presentation that i, I liked the uh, time staking oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we plan to do a times uh, time-based staking algorithm which gives you more power um, um after you stake like gradually ramps up so the longer then, you're staked yeah the, the, but the then, it converges, you have. then it converges um uh, against a certain number so it can't go up forever exactly yeah. so like uh, old industry player will not be in control forever. Yeah. So we because want to prevent that. that, that. But like, well, yeah, at the same time, we want to business to be incentivized to actually be like long-term participants in this uh, system. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that's a good balance to strike. But obviously, like there are so many proposals for different governance systems, and I think the whole blockchain world has has to figure out um, what's what's the best thing to do. That's what we envision to be good right now. But also, I know that EOS is. Uh, having a lot of discussion how they want mm -hmm. to structure their votings. So that's what we, we aim for. And also it aligns incentives for, for those companies because those who are staking are mainly going to be the companies that join mm -hmm. the protocol. So they also have an incentive that, you know, like that standards evolve and all kind of they have their voice into this. But also that's why they are the ones that holding the tokens because then, you know, they have an incentive that the whole ecosystem is aligned and, and, and they have like kind of looking into each yeah. other and so it's, on. It's kind of about transparency. So think of a, of a tokenized world. Right now we have these consortiums who are doing several standards like 
who who does USB standard or who does the HTML standard like W3Org does the USB uh, the H the HTML standard. So there are several consortiums which are doing all of this stuff, but obviously they are funded by companies because companies have a large interest in in participating in these consortiums. But it's not really transparent what's going on, and in a tokenized world, this is like a really go-to way to actually have this transparent on the on the blockchain what's going on who's making which decisions mm -hmm. and evolve this certain interest group so for in this case we're like the interest group of data standards eos has their own votings for the interest group of evolving the blockchain protocol mm -hmm. and there will be like as i imagine it there will be several layers like side to side by us or on top of us which will have different other decisions to make to to make it happen what they envision to do. Really cool. All right, so what, what, tell me a little bit about like what you guys, outside of blockchain, outside of your project, like t t tell me a little bit about yourself. I thought it was interesting. You actually went to the University of Pittsburgh. Yes, uh, that's, that's kind of a <laughs> funny story that's, uh, that we have in common. So I, through my German university, I got offered to, to go to Pittsburgh and then I ended up saying yes and had a very nice time there at Pitt. I still have like a very special place in my heart and I really like the city and I'll, I think also there's a lot of things happening in your city like you know with uh, all these big companies coming Uber and and Google and there there's uh, I think a vibrant community so I really I, enjoyed I, I thought it was funny last night because we were at the real Oktoberfest and you, you mentioned the Hub for House which is like a franchise I think they have them in a lot of cities so a lot of people watching could probably understand that and for I never thought I'd ever go to the real Oktoberfest. It's a thousand <laughs> times better than Hopper House. But there were there were a lot of similarities too, like all the songs, like the Sweet Caroline. I didn't realize like that was a thing outside yeah. of like Pittsburgh. They also now you you can see that they have like these uh, machines and like games and uh, you know like darts and like small uh, roller coasters and. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't. Th it was like almost like a f like a. A festival, like a, the craziest festival I've ever seen in my life. I, I saw more more drunk German people than, than I thought it were in existence. Uh, and it's the, the police were so much different than in the U.S. They were just like making sure everyone was safe, not like arresting people. <laughs> yeah. it was That's like, definitely different. Yeah, today. it's yes, totally yes. different. And like the whole it was mentality. Like, yeah. I thought you guys were crazy because so we, we were at this. What do you even call that building we were in? Like it was a it's tent. Like a tent. They yeah. called it a tent, but it was yeah. a building. Yeah, a kind of. Yeah. So, so we we sat at this like big table and it had all this German food, all these like sausages and pretzels on it, and they just kept bringing you these giant jugs of beer. Like the the servers would just like walk around with handfuls of beer and just set them on tables at, at, at whoever needed them. And then, like the the rest of the area was a surprise because it's also like almost like a carnival. Yeah, so I wasn't dancing on the tables all the time. I wasn't time. expecting there to be rides, and not just like roller coaster rides, but spinny rides. And you guys got on it, didn't you? <laughs> I, I I sat aside. How would no. you guys feel after that one? <laughs> was it a mistake? Nah, I, I'm used to it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do anything roller coaster parks. I, if I have a picture, Sounds. I'm going to put it on video. I think someone got one of you and yeah. um, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had a blast at Oktoberfest. I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me to Blocktoberfest, letting me talk. It was really cool getting to meet all the other people that you got. You invited some very influential people. It was cool getting some feedback from Ivan and from Sarah on how like they've grown their audience and like how they've improved their show over time. So I really yeah. appreciate it. Like, 
this trip added a lot of value to me, and I, I wouldn't have obviously been able to come we're here happy unless to you do invited so. me to, to, to <laughs> talk to the show. All right, so uh, we're, we're about up on an hour here. I like to keep them under an hour. That way I can hold people's attention because it's a lot of time of theirs. But a lot of people were interested in learning more about you guys. I'm sure more is going to come out in the, in the future as you guys put your white paper out and really grow the community. Um, so what else uh, would, you, would you like to tell anyone? Uh, tell me, like, your Twitter. What, what do you want uh, people to do? Yeah, I How think um, people should join our Twitter, Telegram chat. It's a VAM protocol. And um, please feel free to give us any advice that you have. I think we're like in a very fortunate situation here because I'm really like a blockchain advocate and I really love the spirit of the blockchain community. I'm, I'm really into all of this stuff. And now I, I got in this fortunate position to have this industry backing me or not, not backing me, but backing Pedro and like the whole team. Mm -hmm. And we, we have this mix where we, we have this industry connections. We can bring enterprise um, great uh, adoption to the to the industry and we can do it right it's not like just some business guy making some decision and uh, somewhere and like doing this blockchain project so we re really want to listen to the community we have a like tight eye on doing this right so yeah, it's important for us to we want to strive to make like a vibrant and strong community so we're open to receive your, uh, the feedback from the community and have an eye because as we said we're going to put out the white paper and we're going to start putting more content actually from all these events that we had from the Oktoberfest so that people know uh, as you said there's not too much information right now we start we're going to try to 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 be, bring more information to the people what we're doing what is the next steps and what is actually happening behind the hood so please uh, join our Telegram, join our Twitter and find more, more about it. Yeah, so thanks for being here and I really appreciate the time with YouTube because uh, I was traveling for some quite some time now and the thing is, it's kind of always people come to me and listen to me and like, what do I have to say? But I really enjoy if I just can listen to someone and just learn a bunch of stuff. And it's like so valuable and great what you have to say about the US community because you do it day to day. And like, unfortunately, I was like more involved in the community before I had to travel all the time. <laughs> and now it's like awesome to, to um, find people that are actually giving me so much value. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, give me more, give me more. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed the conversations we had this weekend. I'll, I'll never forget them. Uh, I think that wraps up the time for today, though. Uh, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Andres. I'm Pedro. And this is Everything Yos.